Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome, friends. Welcome, patrons. Welcome, hidden enemies of the National Treasures podcast. This is your weekly bonus podcast, Years and Years, hosted by me, Will Duggan, and you, Laura Lex. Most of you know the score by now. Um, basically, Laura, I take it in turns to go a deep dive on a year for the delight and delectation of your ears. This week, Laura is going to tell me all about a year. Laura, what year is it? It's the year 1674, William Duggan. 1674. What a year. Do you remember it? No, I remember the time, you know. It's nearly quarter past five, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, good fun. I'll never get tired of that Um, joke. Do you know what, Laura? I don't think I'll ever get tired of that joke. (laughs) I think the listeners might. I don't give two Um, shits. (laughs) (laughs) um hey guess what the world guess what will actually 1674 had sorry i'm a bit dozy today i'm at the tail end of this cold and you know when you're sort of not ill enough anymore to just sit and relax but then when you try and do stuff you're a bit shit at it yes i know exactly what you mean i'm absolutely smack bam there um so I've had a day of not really relaxing or achieving anything particularly good. It's It's been garbage. But hey, I did this research absolutely ages ago and then we haven't been, got round to recording it and getting it out. So, um, yeah, so but we are, we're quite close to catching up with everything, aren't we? Like, <laughs> we say like, that, but then because we try and put out two things weekly, it doesn't really, it's only got to have like a four days and then we're behind again. I don't care. Those four days are great though, aren't they? <laughs> I don't know. Those are the bits where I get stressed thinking, oh, are we going to get recorded in time? Yeah, we always do, though. Yeah, we we put out what we're meant to put out. But yeah, we've got we've got a plan and we're going to be so good in 2023, aren't we, Will? No. Yeah, we are. Oh, yes, then. Where are we going? We're going we're going up to Manchester, aren't we, for a couple of days to do some visits? We are. We are. We are. We should book that. (laughs) Yeah, we should book that. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Anyway, let's not worry about that right now because, Will, you're going to be so happy. 1674 had so much actual interesting content that I'm not fucking about with 1674 and pretending you think it's a sports centre or a vacuum cleaner or anything. That's my favourite bit of the podcast. Right? I thought you'd be happy. I did all the research and then I thought, right, better go and find something stupid to wind Will up with. And then I thought, no, do you know what? There's so much here. I'm Actual just stuff. Talk about the year. Yeah. Oh, fine. Let's crack on like then. Like old times, Will. So It's a retro what? 
Retro version. Yeah. 1674. Well, I want you to close your eyes. I want you to imagine you're in a canoe. The canoe is made from the finest fresh cut wood or old wood, depending on which one is best for being waterproof. I don't know. It's a good canoe. Maybe it smells nice. Maybe you can just smell the scent of the riverbank. And as you go down the river 1674, you see all sorts of interesting, fun things along your way. A squirrel, a pine martin, um, a new industrial a estate. Uh, like, a, like a weaselly type thing. Oh, hello. Yeah. And um, you sail all the way up the river to the mouth of the river. This glorious... Why am I sailing in a canoe? Uh, rowing, you're rowing. Or paddling, you're... maybe. Um, what's the difference between rowing and paddling? Which way you're sat, I think. Oh, all right, all right. You're, you're, you're paddle rowing all the way up, fighting the tide of the river as it escapes to the sea, and up between and up current. you go. What? Between the current of the river. Yeah. Well, some yeah, rivers okay. have a tide. Sure. This is a big river, 1674. It's got lots of good okay. stuff. Anyway, you reach the mouth of the river, this mouth that has spawned so much fun stuff that you have paddle rowed up and down the currenty tide. What day of the week is is the spring of the river? Thursday. No. Oh shame. It's a Monday. Oh, it's hardly too nice to be a Monday. Well, you have to start on a Monday if you're going to get this much in, you know. Fair. Um, yeah, you've got a busy time ahead of you. All right, so first event, Will, we're going to jump okay. straight into October. Ooh, wow. we've just done an October. We enjoyed it, didn't we? Uh, yeah, had a good month. I mean, it was so, I mean to honestly, we, we're pretty near the end of November now. I know, it's gone quick, November. It's been, November's not been fun. I've not enjoyed November. I want to have fun already. Um, anyway, do you know what? The, the people of Torsaka in Sweden also didn't have a great October, Will. They had a dreadful okay, October. They had a witch trial. No! Yeah, a pretty terrible way to spend a month. Over 100 men and women were accused of witchcraft and of abducting little kiddies. Um, and it began when Johannes... Watrangius um, told uh, Laurentius Christophori Horneus um, that there was witchcraft going on in his parish and um, they were both part of the Lutheran Church of Sweden and this guy Horneus he was um, absolutely incensed about this news of there being witches and he was like if there's one thing i am going to go down in history for having done it's going to be having got rid of all of these fucking witches he just hates the old witches oh he wanted them all erased from the past by the time he'd finished holding his witch trial 71 people had been beheaded and burned uh okay, 65 of these 71 people were women and that was a roughly a fifth of all the women in the region. That is, that is unbelievable. A fifth of all women in the region. Like 20% of women are witches, according to this yeah. guy. That's fucking mad. That's, yeah, right? 
Um, so what what he did to find out who the witches were, he would have two little boys stand at the door of the church to identify the witches. So and these little boys, you know, for some reason could see this invisible devil's mark that the women had on their foreheads as they went in. Um, sure. But just in case you're listening to this and thinking, bloody hell, that's a lot of witches to have. Thank goodness they found them all. You know, just in case you're you're listening to this and you're on the side of the witch trial. Um, there's yeah. a, a sort of a great, in quotation marks, was it great? We don't know. There, there's an anecdote about one of the boys pointing to a woman and saying, oh, her, she's got the mark on her forehead. But it was the wife of the priest. No. Yeah. Uh, but, um, the woman just slapped him and said, don't be stupid. I'm not a witch. And he said, oh my God, I'm really sorry. I miss It must be the sun got in my eyes. Obviously she's not a witch. The families of the other women must have been so angry being like, why is that all it takes to get away with this? Yeah. What? We could have just slapped him and said no. That one's a witch. No, I'm not. Forget it. Yeah. Um, while I was doing this, this isn't completely related to the year 1674, because that's kind of it on that witch trial. It's it's not great, but um, interesting when you hear of a witch trial. Like, obviously, we do a lot of English witch trial stuff and Salem witch trials and stuff. But, yeah, interesting. It was a fever that was gripping the world. Um, oh, but yeah. have you ever heard of Blockula? Oh, isn't that like uh, Minecraft's vampire? Yes. Good double yes there, Will. One, for the gag. Two, for you brought up Minecraft instead of me. <laughs> I'm a happy lady. No, Blockula. So it came up while I was looking at this witch trial stuff. It, it was like a, it's, it's a sort of Swedish um, mythological devil island. Um, and that's where witches and, and devils and stuff would go for like their feasts and banquets kind of thing. Okay, and like it's not a real place, no. Like, obvi- obviously, I'm not saying if it does <laughs> no, exist. No, it's not like a town or anything. No, it, it's um, it was what is it called? Like an Atlantis it kind of thing. Translates to Blue Hill, and it was where the devil would come to Earth and hold his court during the witches' Sabbath. Sure. It was described as containing a massive meadow with no visible end and a large house where the devil would stay. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Um, Witnesses described the devil as appearing in a grey coat and red and blue stockings. He had a red beard, a high-crowned hat with a linen of diverse colours wrapped about it and long garters about his stockings. He sounds fabulous. I do love, I love as well, like, because obviously the devil's house could be anything, you know, because the devil's house is sort of like mythological, but I bet it didn't even have like running water or inside toilets (laughs) or a fridge. (laughs) It looks curiously like the best houses we can... To make today what i love that. i i love um like and i'm sure that in the future people will say it about now but like when people imagine the future it's always like the best version of the present like like uh take the original series of star trek it's set like three four hundred years in the future from now but rea- realistically 50 60 years ago Mm. And what they, it looks so old fashioned even now. Like, God, the, the, their phasers are big. Like, are they, why haven't they got iPods? <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. Right, so there you go. There's, there's your, that's, there's a witch trial that's happening. Um, oh, here's a fun little one, a little event. In November, there was a treaty signed in Westminster. Um, oh, yeah. 
And the Dutch Republic gave a colony to England. They gave up um, uh, power over the colony of New Netherland. Um, and that included the, the capital of New Netherland, which was New Orange, and um, returned it to its English name of New York. Really? That's quite nice. Yeah. Um, not, not nice, of course. I thought it was going to be New Zealand. No. Because Zealand is in the Netherlands, isn't it? Yes, but spelled yeah. a bit differently, I think, because it's Z-E-E-L-A-N-D. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, was it, ever, it was New Amsterdam, wasn't it, for a bit, New York? Yeah. I think, cause I, I only know that from the film Gangs of New York, so I'm not entirely sure how realistic that is. Um, very unrealistic, I believe, because they didn't have video cameras and television shows in the real times, whereas Interesting. that one is one. Yeah, but no one sits down to watch Ren and Stimpy in Gangs of New York. Um... Oh, do you not subscribe to the Patreon? I get their Patreon-only episodes. And... Oh, the Gangs of New York Patreon? Yeah. Um, yeah. Is, is there a lot of new content for Gangs of New York? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They just they just do... Um, they do What they do is they do, like, a weekly episode where all the characters just watch their favourite sitcoms and tell you about them. So, like... What? Frankie Bleeding Lips. He's all into um, Scrubs. So okay. So, watched all of that. Um, this has gone on longer than I thought it would. Fair play to you. Though I'm I do riffing. think... I'm riffing, that if Will. You're, if, if you're, is your husband home? No. If you if he was here now, he'd be quite upset with our uh, improv skills. Because all you could think <laughs> of was that Frank Bleeding Lips watched Scrub. This is a man who's made a career, a good career, out of improv. And we were flailing after about 30 <laughs> seconds. I find it really hard to be fun on the episodes where I've done the research because I'm just like, no, Will, let me give you some more mangled facts. That's like last night's bloody live stream. You were having a great time. I was getting livid. Right? It's really hard, I think, when you've done the research and you're like, ha, 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 quick segue back into another curious thing. This is why other people just do videos of their podcasts and just chat nonsense instead of putting any work into it. They put work in, just a different Oh, type. yeah, that was a bit dismissive, wasn't it? But, I mean, we do hours and hours of driving and research for no discernible reason. The love of a good fan. Yeah! Okay. Whenever I get tired, I just think of Ellen, and I think, I hope that little Pac-Man light she's got is happy with the content. I thought you meant Ellen DeGeneres for a second no, then. No, Ellen then, Moss. I, yeah, no, I got there now. <laughs> Our <laughs> Ellen. Like, what your, your like, go-to hopeful thing is to think of Ellen DeGeneres and, and hope that she's okay. And you Sophie the and the little baby. Man. And I hope that baby just grows up and becomes a patron in their own right. Yeah. Car. If both Sophie's kids became patrons, we might hit 50 patrons finally. Never. <laughs> Well, we've only got 18 years to wait. Come on, we can do it. Um, okay, so December of 1674, I think you'll agree, December in North America, North North America, is not the time to be out exploring. Well, no. tell that to Father Jacques Marquette and Pierre Potteret and Jacques Potteret. Okay. Because they are sailing southwards along the shore of Lake Michigan. Ooh. Wow. 
and they've got nine canoes worth of indigenous people from the Potawatomi tribe. And the place that they came ashore on the banks of Lake Michigan is what is now Chicago. Chicago, Chicagoian. Yeah, isn't that fun? So there's three missionaries. That was Pierre, Jacques and Father Marquette. Um, they were the first Europeans to explore the area and camp there. Um, and uh, there's a note in the journal of the priest guy that says the land bordering it is now uh, is of now value except... I think that was supposed to be no value, is of no value except on the prairies. There are eight to ten quite fine rivers. And now where they came ashore, there's um, a little plaque to say, oh, this is where they came ashore. Boop, this is the beginning of Chicago. Doop, doop, doop. What a happy day. That's nice. Yeah. So he, um, he founded a mission on the shores there to make a Christian missionary to subdue the natives, which is less nice. Less, of course it was, but do you know what? I think if you're going back that far into American history, nothing is good. No, um, no. But there we go. There's the beginnings of Chicago and a changing hands for New York. How exciting. Um, exciting indeed. Now, Will, we've got a big subject between you and me coming up now. Okay. Are you ready for this? I think so. July 17th, 1674. Yeah. Two workmen are repairing a staircase. Okay, I'm fine with that. They're moving about stones, they're getting rid of some rubble. When, wait, what's that? That's not an old piece of concrete or a dead bit of wood. A dead bit of wood. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I've really got no brain power today. Wait, is that a dead bit of wood? Definitely not, actually. (laughs) I don't don't know... uh, my friend, I'm not sure if you think that's a uh, dead bit of wood. See, we come across them all the time, but this this is definitely not a dead bit of woods. This in is a dead bit of wood or a tree, as I call them. I've used, I've done moving in the past, you know, on a personal level, at a professional level, once or twice. Um, but I can't say the amount of times we were like, fucking hell, there's dead bits of wood everywhere. <laughs> I've got a dead bit of wood in my hand right now. You have, yeah. But do you know what? That's a coaster. Yeah, and a dead bit of wood. Well, what they found in these stairs where these workmen were working on the staircase was not a dead bit of wood, but Stop a dead, dead bit, bit of, of wood. A dead, a dead bit of child, William. It's the princes were, in the tower. It or is it? Probably do, not. Do, actually, do, to be do, fair. Do, do, do. Two skeletons of two little boys were found in this staircase. Um, Their bones were taken away and they were put in an urn and they were in the uh, couple of years later put in Westminster Abbey with an inscription that says, Here lie interred the remains of Edward V, King of England and Richard, Duke of York, whose long desired and much sought after bones are after... after over 190 years were found interred deep beneath the rubble of the stairs that led up to the chapel of the White Tower. Um, blah, blah, blah. So these bones, they were buried about 10 feet under the staircase leading up to the chapel of the White Tower. Um, and they weren't the only children's skeletons to be found in there. Yay! God. The monarchy. <laughs> Just killing off loads of people. <laughs> Yeah, horrible. Um, They'd previously found the bones of two children in, uh, well, it's described as an old chamber that had been walled up. And so there Mm -hmm. is an argument that those bones could easily have been the prince's. Um, 
but they were attributed to being the princes because the location kind of matched an account given as to where they were. Um, yeah. So they're not sure. Um, the staircase where the bones were found hadn't actually been built at the time of Richard III. Right, well, it probably isn't them then, is it? Well, you don't no, know think about... whether the... They could have been buried and then a staircase was put in over the top of the burial site. You don't sure. Know, they were 10 feet deep. Right, but I just think it's a bit of a... I think the prince in the tower, and I don't wish to be glib about the murder or disappearance of two young children, let it lie, everyone. <laughs> Well, they have. The only reason I'm digging it up is because we do a podcast about different years and this happened, Maybe we happened shouldn't. this year. Why can't we just do a podcast? <laughs> Why can't we just do a podcast where, you know, everyone in the world is a patron, right? Yeah. It's a pound a month. Yeah. That's only, you know, and we'll split that half and half. And I think all that's we a taxation do... you're talking about now. Yeah, we tax everyone in the world <clears throat> and we don't do anything. We just sort of get together and we have a chat about what we're up to. Like, for example... This morning, yeah. I couldn't remember if Rolf Harris was dead or not. We could get five minutes out of that. He's not, I don't think. No, he's not. There you go. Done. I mean, we'd have, we'd have to spin it a bit, but... <clears throat> what about if, for your next year, I'll give you a year in the future and you can tell me about everything that's going to happen in that year? Yeah, but then we'll fall into the trap that I said about the old uh, Devil's House and Star Trek. I'll be like, and they've all got... Nice for your Wi-Fi. And of course, by that time, they'll have got rid of Wi-Fi and we'll all just uploaded ourselves to the cloud. <laughs> all right, Grandpa. Anyway, these bodies, they were also found with bits of rag and velvet around them, which was okay. one thing. People were like, oh, okay, that could be an aristocrat. Now, yeah. in 1993, the bones were taken out of Westminster Abbey and a leading anatomist called Lawrence Tanner um, and, oh no, sorry, Lawrence Tanner is the archivist of Westminster Abbey. Pro okay. Professor William Wright is the anatomist and the president of the Dental Association all got together and looked at the bones and they measured bones and teeth and they were like, yes, these skeletons absolutely are about the right age for the princes. Um, however, the bones had pretty much just been thrown in a hole and there were also chicken and other animal bones there too. Uh, not great. Um, and they've been pretty smashed up from having already had a staircase built over them and then a secondary staircase. Uh, the, um, ba -dum, ba -dum, ba yes, so they, they kind of looked at them and thought, yeah, it's reasonable that these could be the princes, but that examination has also been criticised that it was sort of conducted with the idea that they were the princes in mind. Um, and they were looking uh, to see whether there was any evidence of manner of death. But, for example, they don't think that there's really been an attempt made to even discover if the bones belong to a male. Right. So they may well be theirs, but they're probably not. Is yeah. that what we're getting at? Pretty much. But how fun is that? That just two random, like, kids could just be buried in Westminster Abbey. That's, That's you quite know, nice. For the life of a random child in 1674 that obviously met a sticky end with its brother, hey, not bad. I think then, actually, like, the nicer story is that um, it isn't them. And it's just, you know, the Tanner's boy and his mate. Yeah. Who had a terrible end, but 
ended up in, no, next to Stephen Hawking and Einstein and wherever the fuck. I don't know what there is he. I meant um, Newton, but you know, you know what I meant. Yeah, fun. Yeah, I'm going to choose to believe that it's just two regular guys. Especially if where you're buried has some sort of effect on your afterlife. That's just nice then, is it? You suddenly you live in a palace. All the royals are there and, the fa- and then just this terrified guy from the 17th century. All white governor of apples and pears. Yeah. He's a fruit salesman. Yeah, I like it. That's what I'm choosing to believe. Good one. Yeah, so there you go. There's your events. Um, right, Lovely. we'll do some births now. First birth, um, just very short because we covered her, I think, in one of your... No, in the live stream, um, we've got the birth of Abigail Williams, who was one of the accusers in the Salem witch trials. Yes, we discovered her in the uh, live stream last so, month when I did the witchcraft one. Yeah, thank you for Great. just echoing my sentiment there. That's that's good. It's good content. I was hoping you'd do it again. It was better when I was silent, I, though, wasn't it? When I was, I was silent, that was terrible. Again. When there was terrible content, yeah, yeah. That, when I was silent... But sometimes I just say things. Yeah, it's terrible content when you're silent. I think it's better when you just say things. I had some really uh, nice soup for lunch, but I'm so hungry. And as soon as we finish this record, I've got to drive to Kent. I just want a day off. Yeah. Um, When are you going to have a day off? I'm going away tomorrow night for three days. But it's like, and it's going to be lovely. So it's like my parents, my sister, me, my sister's husband, Becca, and my sister's baby... We're going to a late district for like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And it's going to be lovely, but it's going to be, I just, I just want to sit down. Yeah, you're going to have to walk all around lakes and stuff in the rain and muddy. I'm not. You're going to do so many slippies. I won't do any slippies. I'm going to sit down and watch telly for three days. Are you going to take good footwear? I'm not going for a walk. (laughs) Just pretend Becca's really tired and needs to sit down and then you can look after her like a good fiancé. Exactly. Blame oh, it Becca. on oh, the Becca man. Yeah. I'm going to take a load of games and I'm going to play loads of games and I'm going to drink nice wine. I'm going to eat nice food, but I'm going to specifically wear my slippers for 72 straight hours. Yeah. Every time somebody says, should we go for a walk? Say, fuck off, you old crow. Yeah. And then my brother-in-law will be like, but I'm younger than you. And I'll say, you're not actually. It's not going to be your brother-in-law that's suggesting you go for walks, though, is it? He's going to be like, let's stay in and watch the World Cup. And you'll say, yes, buddy. No, I'll say, I'm actually boycotting the World Cup. Have you seen the last leg um, anthem? Yeah, I'm conflicted on that. Shall I tell you my thoughts on it? Yeah. They've really made a misstep in the approach to their message. But I do think Adam Hills and... Josh Widdicombe and Alex, uh, what's his name? Brooklyn. They're not the bad guys. I think, I think sometimes satire is meant to be chilling. And I think that that song did that well. I think for me personally, the mistake they've made is not to have had people from the LGBTQ community singing the song. Yeah, like, well, if, like if it was it Alan Carr and Boy George and RuPaul who they mentioned by name, the three of them have been part of it. If, if you had had, like, you know, like, nothing about us without us, I think if you're going to do satire that bites that hard, that is that chilling, and I think there is a place for satire that makes you go, ooh, that is a horrible point dressed up as humour. I think there is a space for that in the world, and it's important. Otherwise, everything's just toothless. But it needs to come from the people with the legitimacy to say it, and enabled by people with the privilege, like the straight 
people like Adam Hills with with privilege. Use your privilege to enable other people to do that satire. Don't do it on behalf of them because a lot of the community are rightly speaking out and saying, oh, this shook me, this hurt, this did this and this, where it makes me wonder how much consulting there was on this. Nothing about us without us is a phrase I've never heard before and think is spot on. I mean, I heard that. No. I do think that they've been slightly unlucky slash shown up in that obviously that was released before the shooting this weekend. Yeah. Not that that excuses it totally because it's not like the shooting is an isolated event, but it has made it look um, even worse. But yeah. yeah, I think they're good people possibly doing good satire. Like, you know, because I think sometimes there's no way it can help. Like if it had been empty plaudits of just going, we stand with you X and Y, that's empty as well. Sometimes satire has got to be a horrible gut punch, but it's got to be a gut punch from somebody that's got the right to be throwing that punch. Uh, speaking of people like that, you know, Joe Lysett's thing that he did with the yeah. money. And then, I was, so I sent him a text saying, um, Joe, th- unbelievable, start to finish, the whole thing, amazing. And he replied, just singing me a song about how much he loves me. <laughs> Aww. I was like, that's nice, isn't it? You're adorable. Look at you with your celeb best friends. Yep, um, me and old Joey Al. Do you want another oh, birth? Yeah. You don't really, do you? I want to go to sleep. Listen, we're gonna, we've are gonna. we got some more fun stuff coming up. A birth of Jethro Tull. Now, I know Jethro Tull as a sort of comedian, folky guy from Cornwall. I don't think, no, that's just Jethro. Is that just Jethro? What's Jethro Tull about? Jethro Tull, the band, yeah. Aquaman. Yeah, do you know why they're called Jethro Tull? They're named after um, the guy you want to talk about. Yeah. yeah, named after an English agriculturalist from Berkshire who helped bring about the British agricultural revolution of the 18th century. Well, well, well I'm sexy. I mean, if I was naming a band, that's certainly the first place I'd look. Who are the agri... Like, I've got a band in sort of like, you know, development right now, and our tentative name is Isambard Kingdom Brunel. Yeah. Yeah. You could be a support art for Jethro Tull then. Jethro Tull perfected a horse-drawn seed drill in 1701 at the merry age of, what's that, 27. Um, and it, it sowed seeds in neat rows. And then later on, he developed a horse-drawn hoe as well. <laughs> and basically um, gave the basis for modern agriculture. Are we not going to laugh at the fact that both of the horse-drawn things was a seed drill penis and a hoe misogynistic but um no i normally leave the misogyny to you and i just cope with the misandry so oh well well thank you so much for that yeah well you're all right you stupid useless man oh no my own petard um okay so there's your births we got some deaths now sure um now, I'm going to be honest, this next one's long and I've utterly forgotten what it's about because it's so long since I did this research. So let's see if this goes anywhere. Um, we've got the death of Ebba. Now, I have no idea how to pronounce this now. It's We're not a good start. Germanic um, Scandinavian and it's spelt B-R-A-H-E. Braha. Braha. Okay. Ebba Braha. Um so her mum dies when she's youngish and she gets sent to the royal court to finish her upbringing. And she is a maid of honour to the Queen Dowager Christina of Holstein Gotorp. Gotorp. Okay, I love it. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, let's hope it gets better than that though. <laughs> so I, f- genuinely, fingers crossed. 
And she meets King Gustavus Adolphus, who is her second cousin once removed. Okay. But guess what? Nobody back then gives a shit about whether they're cousins or not. So they fall in heavy love. Kissing your cousin, second cousin. Kissing cousins. <coughs> okay, sure. And they wanted to get married. What was kissing cousins when you were little? Was that like... No, kicking... No, kissing cousins kicking is a thing. I'm going to Google that. What's kissing cousins? Kissing cousins mean... <laughs> Don't Google kissing cousins. This is going to... A oh, relative no. known well enough to be greeted with a kiss. Oh, okay. So, for example... It says, it's it's things that are a very similar character to another thing. So, beneath Ooh. the surface, gospel music and the blues are kissing cousins. Gotcha. Well, we're learning so much in this episode, Will. So, they fall in love. They want to get married. Um, there's letters exchanged between them that seem to suggest they were equally in love. This wasn't like a wooing on one part or anything like that. Um so there, and I think these letters might still exist. Uh, there's one from like 1613 and they already seem to be in an established relationship by them. Yes, so, fine. <clears throat> in, in this letter in March 1613, the king says to Ebba, can you get your dad to um, say we're allowed to marry? Uh, I really want to marry you. And she's like, brilliant. I want to marry you too. However... The Queen Dowager, who is this Gustavus's mum, she's yeah. like, oh, I don't really want you to marry my lady-in-waiting. Oh. She's a bit of a momager, if you know what I mean. I know exactly what you mean. She's just a bit too involved in what's going on. Yeah, so she wants him to marry somebody useful. Um, she, um... Uh, sorry... So, yeah, she wanted him to marry somebody useful, somebody politically astute, et cetera, et cetera, all of that. So they get into a rage about it. The Dowager Queen is is against the King and Ebba. Um, they're fighting on, and there's lots of romantic plays and stuff about this. Then the Dowager basically... Um, uh, sorry. <laughs> so long. It's like two it's... weeks since I did this research. Sure. What what I love is because I know how you do your research. You you'll read it, but then you write it into a way that's more to your voice. But you yeah. you like <laughs> your voice has changed over the last fortnight. <laughs> you've got no fucking idea what you're no. talking about, and I love it. Ah, oh, I don't. I hate feeling underprepared. So basically, the dowager screws it all up, and and she says to. Braha, um, Ebba, don't trust the king. He's gonna lie to you. And then Ebba's dad is like, oh, I don't think I wanna give you blessing. Um, and then the dowager's like, Look, I promise absolutely if uh, to give you my blessing in a few years. Um, he's got to go to a quick war, and then maybe we'll see how we feel a bit later. How's that? Uh, and then he's away at war and the dowager is immediately like, um, I'm just going to get rid of this lady in waiting and hope that when the king comes back, he doesn't notice that the love of his life has gone. Oh, my so, God. <clears throat> also, she, she's either massively like misunderestimated the king or the king was definitely not in love with her. Like, 
I would notice if someone I fancied wasn't where I thought they were. Yelling the love of my life. <laughs> yeah. So the dowager has her moved away and then she's like writing letters like, it is not suited for me that as a humble lady to desire the person of your majesty. And the dowager's basically like, cool, I've separated them, not interesting. The king, I think he does love this woman and all the letters are there, but then he starts having an affair and if you want to go for a... A fun, euphemistic name, Will. How about Margareta Slots? Lovely. Margareta Slots, I think that she might well be a vagina. She is there with a seed drilling machine. So he's sort of having a little war affair with her. Um, And um, then... uh... (laughs) And then it's going to be a surprise for both of us. Yeah. So then, well, there's a paragraph here that starts the most famous trivia about this dispute, if indeed it happened. So let's get into some gossip. So the, the, the Queen Dowager is at Stockholm Palace and she's got Ebba in tow as a lady-in-waiting. And then on she passes by a window and on the window pane, the Queen Dowager just pulls out, casually pulls out a diamond ring and yeah. writes on the glass on the window, one thing you want, one thing you shall... That is the way in cases such as this. Just Ooh. graffitis up her own window and then she leaves and ever step... That would take a long time to write in a ring. Yeah, it would be real scratchy too. It feels like it would be a very ring, funny scene in ring, a comedy. Ring, ring, <laughs> ring, 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 Stand still, wait, bitch. Eb- I'm making a point. Ebert, just wait for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> One thing... Oh, I've spelt shall wrong. I've spelt shall wrong. <laughs> And Ebba steps forward, and it says that she wrote in reply. So presumably she's dripping in disposable diamonds as well. She writes, I am happy with what I have, and thank my God for the grace of that. And These that bitches was her... need a pen. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Just accepting that she's never going to marry the king. Fine. Uh, and then she, she got married to a count instead, Jacob de la Gardi. He, he proposed and she was like, yeah. And the Queen Dowager's like, fucking brilliant. Thank you very much. So do you reckon then that if obviously the king's mum was writing on like, you know, diamond on glass, an account slightly less good. So he probably proposed by scratching a ruby on some wood. <laughs> do you, Leela Dawn, does, marriage? It, it, it does say it took her two years to accept it. So... Yeah, maybe it did just take a long time to scratch it out. Can you imagine asking someone to marry you and then waiting for two years for a response? I think (laughs) if I told my friends, oh, I proposed to Becca, they're like, oh, when? 2019, like, leave her. She's not interested. (laughs) She's just got a lot on her plate, all right? She's only just found out she's not going to marry a king because of his The proposal is in her to-do pile. Uh, but what if though. you told your mates like oh well I was in Norfolk and Becca was in Brighton and I sent a pigeon off with my proposal written on it I'm yeah and the fact that hear back. a few pigeons because it's a sheet of glass that I've written her a missive on <laughs> took me ages to save up for the ruby to write it with P- pigeon um, drops it glass smashes fucking hell second draft Jesus. yeah very good um, death though yep yeah, you got the death of John Milton the guy that wrote Paradise, Paradise Lost. Lost he's dead yeah. Now, now we've got our final death before the big finish. It's it's a guy called John Graunt, and it's a bit admin-y, but I thought it was quite cool. Um, 
he was he born and raised in London. His dad was a draper, and then he kind of became an influential businessman and became a councilman. Um, so he was sort of a reasonably well-to-do, but he wasn't noble, but he wasn't sort of peasant level. Sure. Um, now him, along with Sir William Petty, developed the sort of first early human statistical and census methods that provided a framework for modern demography. Okay. So he was the first person, really, to make a life table that gave probabilities of mortality rates and how long people were likely to live. Lovely. Um, and it says, this was remarkable considering the bills of mortality, which I guess is like your death certificate? Yeah, I think so, pretty much. Yeah, it didn't include your age at death. So Grant used his knowledge of mathematics to create a table. Um, and he was the first, one of the first experts in epidemiology since his book was mostly concerned with public health statistics. So um, he began working in 1592 and consistently released information on the mortality rates of the city until uh, starting in 1603. And then he um, published a book, Natural and Political Observations Made Upon the Mortality of Man. Okay. And then there's a little description of it. When anyone dies, then either by tolling or by ringing of a bell or by bespeaking of a grave of the sexton, the same is known to the searchers corresponding with the said sexton. The searchers hereupon examine by what disease or casualty the corpse died. Hereupon they make their report to the parish clerk and he, every Tuesday night, carries in an account of all the burials and christenings happening that week to the clerk of the hall. On Wednesday, the general account is made up and printed, and on Thursdays, published and dispersed to the several families who will pay four shillings per annum for them. They were making love by Friday, and on Saturday, Sunday, they chilled on Monday, bought us a list on Tuesday, draw up the chart on Wednesday, we were burying on Thursday, and on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they chilled on Monday. That's my. That's, that's what I've got to say for that. Right. It was very loosely linked. Yeah. Just. If, do you know what? Whenever anyone lists me like a, de- a to-do list day by day, my brain just goes to that song. Ah. Oh, all right. If you were like, Will, uh, the bins go out on a Monday, window cleaner comes on a Tuesday, and then um, we have a tape on a Wednesday. I'm like, bins go out on a Monday. And on Tuesday, recycling or whatever, I said, chilled on Sunday. Well, remind me never to tell you any more facts where I have to list days of the week in them then. Because I think we've had had more of that than we ever needed. Given the nature of our working relationship, a lot of it is, is, you know, we'll do a record on Monday, do a live stream Right, are you ready for a big finish? We were having big finishes on Wednesday. Yes, let's go. Let's see if you can even make a song. I don't even know what you're going to sing about this. The big finish is a birth, the birth of someone called Craig David. Nothing. Got nothing. Sorry, mate. Ah, well, that'll shut you up, won't it? No, it wasn't. It was um, a man called M- Matthias Buckinger, or sometimes called Matthew Buckinger. Now, this guy... Will Duggan, I think you're going to love him. Tell me all about him, please. Okay. 
He was a German artist, magician, and calligrapher. Okay. Born without hands or feet. Wow. And he was 74 centimeters tall. Wow. He was an artist and a performer, and he traveled all over Europe, entertaining the aristocracy and different kings with his amazing feats of physical dexterity. And he was known as the greatest German living and the little man from Nuremberg. Okay. So, he's a fantastic entertainer, but guess what? He's also got an absolutely smashing private life, Will. He is rumoured to have had children by as many as 70 mistresses. (laughs) Fucking legend. Buckinger's fame was so widespread that in the 1780s, the term Buckinger's boot existed in England as a euphemism for the vagina. Because the only limb he had was his penis. Oh, my God. Right? What an absolute swinger. Now, I mean, look, I don't want to get too uh, into this, you know. Um, But did... If he was 74 centimetres tall, yeah, Mm -hmm. would his penis have been, like, regular size? I have no idea on the anatomy, I'm afraid. Um, It says uh, he had small, fin-like appendages for hands. There's no descriptions of his penis, weirdly. Nobody wrote it down. But it didn't stop him being this incredibly dexterous lover and entertainer. So I mentioned that he was famous for his calligraphy. So he did really detailed engravings. Um, There's a self-portrait of him that is so detailed. It's worth Googling, and we'll put this on the Instagram. But his... He's like engraved himself and he's got curly hair. But if you zoom in on the curly hair, it's biblical psalms and the Lord's Prayer is just engraved in the shapes of hair. Right. I've just Googled this guy. Um, Is this the one like April, the London, April the 29th, that one? Is that the one you're talking about? London, April the 29th. The the, the picture on Wikipedia. Oh, I don't know. Um... Because... I'll be honest with you, he doesn't look like a catch. Why was everyone banging him? Because he was incredibly um, charismatic and a great performer. Fair play to him. Fair play to him. But do you see, there we go. There's, um, there's a, there is a drawing there, though, is his engraving, and it looks like hair, and then when you zoom in, it's words. Wow. I love it. I can't believe yeah. it. Um, so he was an accomplished magician... He could cause balls to disappear from under cups and birds to appear from nowhere. He was unbeatable at cards and had was incredibly verbose and was a good marksman as well. He liked to build ships in bottles, Um, and he was also incredibly musical. Like he just sounds amazing. He could play half a dozen musical instruments, uh, including the dulcimer, the trumpet, and the flute, and several musical instruments of his own invention. Amazing. This guy is wicked. Yeah. Uh, And then he eventually died, I think at a reasonable age, in Cork, in Ireland. So there is your big finish, the incredible sounding Matthias Buchinger or Matthew Buckinger. Fair play, Matthias Buchinger. Thank you so much. Laura, what a great year. Really enjoyed it. Wasn't that great? Really good. Just so much content. So many fun people and fun things. Yeah. Really good. Um, 
Can I have a year for next week? Please? You can. Um, you're getting a year just because this number has been rattling around in my head since last week. Um, uh, I'm sure you saw me outraged and tweeting about it, but a thing of scampi and chips at a chip shop in London tried to cost eighteen ninety five. So you're getting the year eighteen ninety five because it's been driving me mad. Sure, uh, we'll do. Uh, we'll do. Um, do you want a little, you know, a little sneak peek? Yes. Um, um, loads, absolutely loads. Is it going to be another good year? Yeah, I think, We're I back think in a it vintage is. run, a vintage time to be a year. Here you go, years. March ah. the 30th, Rudolf Diesel patents the diesel engine. There you go. I have a diesel engine, so do I, in my butt, <laughs> in my car. Uh, Laura, hey. thank you so much. Thank you so much, Will Duggan. I love you. You love me. We love the listeners. Love is love. Goodbye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.